Hey, what's up, guys? Celine from To Whom We May Concern. And today we have a really cool episode. Um, I'm really stoked about this because we have a really special guest, a really good friend of ours, uh, Adam Lorbach. And uh, you're going to get to hear a lot of his uh, story today. And we just kind of get to poke around and we get to make fun of Griffin a little bit more for having a girlfriend, which we're all really surprised about. But we're really stoked for this episode. Uh, you're listening to Who We May Concern. Yo, what's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Like, I love our intro music, but I think I really miss the hip-hop one that uh, Tay-Tay did. <laughs> like, what you did for that, I was so impressed. And it's it's really bad, but it's it, so I was bad. so impressed by did, it. Did, <laughs> so, so, so Adam, the other day, our, our guest, I'm in his office, because, yeah, dude, I hear you rap now. <laughs> and I was like, did you hear me rap or did you hear that I rap? <laughs> it's like two different things. Well It was it was pretty pretty fly. Yeah, um, I I mean I love our intro, uh, which is like our second intro from like our our very first intro was really good. And then when we decided to kind of make the change from not just like talking about hardcore music and metal and all that, we're like, let's change the intro music and I think you guys did an excellent job. But that hip hop like version was just legit Tay Tay. Legit. Sure. Legit. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean I'm not gonna refuse the compliment. I'm hitting my pop locker with my glasses and making all kinds of noise. I'm not gonna refuse the compliment, but uh I disagree with it. Well, I mean like I said, it's, it's you know, modesty. It was, it was really bad, but it was still really good. It was one of those things sure. that I knew I was like it was really as a hip hop fan, I was yeah. like, this is horrible. <laughs> But as a friend, I was like, "Good job, man! Like, yeah, you really put yeah, a lot like, of effort into that." You didn't, you really you, you didn't think I had that like, effort? You didn't think I had that like Snoop Dogg mellow flow? No. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> well, let's, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Anyways, uh, hello everyone. Uh, you're listening to Who May Concern, and today uh, we have a really cool episode. Um, and normally we would save our guest and we bring him on a little bit later, but we're just gonna do it right off the bat. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Pastor Adam, who's just our buddy Adam, but who's a pastor. <laughs> What's up, Adam? Oh my goodness. I so badly so wanted to join in on the banter when you guys are first starting. I just don't know what 
podcast protocol is, so I was just quietly and politely waiting. You could join now if you want. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, because you started you started banter. ragging on Terry a little bit. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like opportunity. I'm so excited. Opportunity. Oh, sorry. One of Adam's favorite pastimes is ragging on Taylor. So, <laughs> well, it's funny, Taylor. I would say like you came into our lives uh, such a unique time. I think for all of us, you know, like you came in like what two years ago. It was wow, in August. It's been yeah, it's been. An, it was like Crazy. August. You came around. Yeah, and I remember like my first like thing I remember of you was um, here's this guy who came to young adults and uh, he came in young adults and I think you saw Josh playing guitar and you ran up to him and you're like asking about pedals and stuff. Ran up is is a strong. Okay, maybe <laughs> walked up and uh, started talking about pedals and I was like, oh great, not another one of these guys. That's all about pedals and talking gear and stuff. And then I got to know you a little bit more. I was like, oh, I really like him. But I think what I liked the most about you is how mean you were to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, dude, this guy is like the biggest jerk (laughs) to everyone here. And we won't go into full-on stories (laughs) of some of the things you have said to people, but it was awesome. So so Adam is my boss at, at the church, actually. Um, and it's a true blessing. I couldn't ask for a better boss. But you one, better say that one of the things. <laughs> one of the things that he said to me when uh, when I got hired was, he goes, "So, um, just so you know, you're aware of it. Your sense of humor is really dry, and and we love it. Like it's really funny, <laughs> but it doesn't uh, translate always to some people. So." <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, oh, I know. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, like, I, I just thought, I remember some of the, when you, you've calmed down a lot. But I remember that first couple, like, that first year, man, you had me cracking. I made up some, some enemies. Of the things you said. Yeah. <laughs> Including one of them being your girlfriend. Yeah, now, she didn't like me. You know, but. Hey, I think you're we the real winner tight. of that. You and me are pretty good. The whole time. Yeah, we were fine. Yeah. Wait, no, I mean, him and I were fine. Yeah. Because yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't make a lot of male enemies. No, you made a lot of girl enemies because yeah. of the things yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. But we won't yeah, go I guess there. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> what's the next thing we're going to talk about? Are we talking about Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Mexico, but just a little bit, real quick. Uh, Adam, who is, uh, you just heard, he's uh, Taylor's boss. Uh, I would, I don't know if I'd really call him my boss because I don't get paid for what I do, <laughs> but he's someone that I go to. He's your, dire- he's your direct report for your quote internship. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't really call it an internship. I call it. That's why I put it in quotes. Yeah, I more call it that. I get to hang out with Adam and Kevin and you, and yeah. I really like that. So, <laughs> so on a side note, you're an amazing person. But thanks, way. man. Thanks. Yeah. You have you have a lot of influence, and you're very loved. Thanks, I appreciate so, that. And yeah. I do feel You kind of live it. You you know what I mean? It's like when you intern, I mean, I know there's a lot of formal things and pathways, but I feel like you function high. Like you live it, you give opportunities, and you do well. So Cool, man. It's I, pretty cool. No, I, and I, I love it. So I, I, I would call Adam my boss. I would call Kevin my boss, but more, I just call him my friends. I, if anything, I would just say Adam's just a really good friend who I just love talking music and worship about. So that's what I would say. But Adam's a worship pastor at our church, The Bridge, here in Rancho San Marguerite. Uh, and he does a lot. But before uh, that, I don't know, Adam, do you want to like say anything about yourself? Like how awesome, how cool you are? Do you want to be that guy? We had Gabe on <laughs> not too long ago. He bragged about himself the whole time. 
No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. All right. All right. All right. Well, I just actually I just did a blog recently about how a, repu- a good reputation you shouldn't have to actually say it. It's something that's earned. So I'll just let you guys keep talking and nice. not I mean, eat my own words on oh, what I just nice. wrote about. <laughs> well so. said. Well said. Well, we're gonna. Uh, you guys just came back from Mexico, right? It's awesome. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about that. And I don't know, Griff, if you have your mic ready to go, but I want to hear you uh, talk about this a little bit too, um, about your trip to Mexico, which, by the way, you didn't bring me back any blankets that I asked for. We can talk about that. So here's what's up. It was raining when we were in the line, so I, I was able to find one for myself, um, but... Like there weren't a lot because there weren't a lot of vendors out with them. There weren't a lot of good ones. Like they were mostly, I kid you not, mostly like pink. There was one red and black one that I wanted to get, but the guy was walking away from us. And he was selling puppies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Tell there me was about that, that too. There's puppies being sold. Yes. Yeah, what kind penis. of puppies? Ones that were too young to be taken from their mother. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty messed up, and so and we're sitting in the car thinking you see like, anyone buy one? I did not see that, but we're sitting in the car thinking like, there's no way you can legally get those across the border, and uh, and I checked because then at that point I'm like, right, like you can't do that, right, and you can't do that. You need to have like you can buy a, a dog in Mexico, but you still have to get all the proper paperwork for it and stuff, and so like. You would have to smuggle it in hmm. under, I don't know, we could have put one in the kick drum or something. We had drums in our car. but On a side note, I did see one of the puppies that the guy was holding when he had two originally. He came back like five minutes later and he only had one. I saw, I saw him walk oh, one okay. way with one du- puppy and then walk back with a different puppy a little bit later. So I didn't physically, like personally witness any puppy transactions, but. I'd be in that same camp. Yeah, the evidence was there that they took place. That's crazy. Well, so tell me, tell Tyler and I, because we weren't on the trip with you guys, but what did you guys do in Mexico? Um, well, so we went down uh, to La Misión, um, down the Baja Peninsula, and uh, we went to an orphanage called Door of Faith Orphanage. A really, really awesome place. Um They've got, what was it, 104 kids or 114, something like that. Yeah. Um, Kids, and they, I mean, they put them through school, like including any of them that want to go to uh, higher education, college, and things like that. Like they put them through school. Um, They've just created like a really, really healthy environment to care for these kids. And a lot of the kids that are there, they're not necessarily there because of, um, because like they've lost their parents, but they're there because they've been uh, taken out of abusive situations. So um, it's just for a lot of them, it's kind of a a second chance at life, a second chance at love, um, and growing up in a in a healthy atmosphere. So we were able to go uh, spend time with the kids play sports with them. Um, Adam, you played, like, tag and stuff with them for a little while and, like, hide-and-seek, right? I think the highlight was our our dance party we had. That was amazing. I mean, it was literally a dance-out break party. I forget. Oh, Sunshine in My Pocket. 
Oh, over by the, the craft <laughs> table, right? Those kids hit the rewind button on that song <laughs> like 20 times in a row. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. It was, it was, it was a Sunshine of My Pocket dance party. For I, a good half an hour. I had to think about... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I had to think about what you were talking about because I'm pretty sure that was at the point when uh, I was going with, with someone else and, and they need to have a retaining wall built behind one of uh, one of the dorms. They recently had some... Uh, there's actually a really funny story about that dorm um, involving Griffin. But there's... Uh, um, it's always involving Griffin. They need, they need, in order to get... Uh, the Mexican government recently like laid down some uh, new uh, requirements for orphanages, and in order to get their their license now that they need to get the like last thing that they have to do is build a retaining wall behind one of the the dorm buildings. It's pretty close to a a hill because um, the the orphanage itself is in the middle of like a canyon, and uh, so. We were going over to work on, we had to dig out a trench in order to lay the foundation for this retaining wall. And we're going and I'm trying to get Adam to go over there. And he's like, oh, I just got to, you know, I got to take my kids back over to the crafts area and then, you know, I'll, I'll be over there. <laughs> and and I complete, we completed an hour of work. We drive up the side of the mountain to dump a bunch of dirt. And it's like the last shift for the day. And I come back. Or I was about to, we were about to drive it up and I was like, hold on, I just got to go see Adam because I can see him across the way, like having never come over to where we were working and just spent the rest of the time, like (laughs) now granted he was with his son and like actually doing like awesome work with with the kids there. (laughs) But he had told me that he was going to come do manual labor and he didn't do it. So I had to go, but I'm pretty sure that was when you had that dance party was when you... uh, well, I was praying for strength for you guys, and I felt like that was <laughs> better use of my time. <laughs> okay, funny. all right, that's a it good answer. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't be mad at someone who says I yeah, was praying for you. I, I appreciate. I was that. praying for you. That's what I was doing. While yeah, you, were you doing got a labor. lot done too, didn't you? We did. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're, prayer you're welcome. answered. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Good job, um, Griff. Would you mind sharing your your story of the trench? Okay, so. I'm digging this trench, and I wasn't there for the part. I showed up late, naturally, and I wasn't there for the part where I found out what building we were behind. And I'm I'm working up a sweat, and I packed a minimal clothing, so I decided to take my shirt off so I didn't make it too smelly. Turns out we're behind the teenage girls' dormitory, <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear this like knocking on the glass and like giggling and stuff. And I'm going to town with a pickaxe, which before this I decided to hit my knee with. Ooh. Um, but and a then, champ, though. Yeah. And then, so, like, I hear all this, I'm like, uh... And then one girl goes, how much? And I, <laughs> no, and I immediately put my shirt back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris, you know what's so funny about that? Like, out of all the guys I know that would do it, it would be the figure skater that's totally ripped. Yeah, he's still... Like, you're totally ripped, and you think you took your shirt mind. off, and... But this man, that your pale skin must have reflected on that sun. He was exotic to them. We were we were in the shade, so I wasn't too reflective. Wow. One of the best parts is reflective. I jeez. I told <laughs> Megan about it when I got back, and she's like, "Sounds like I got competition." That's funny. That's how much? How much do you think you're worth, though? Oh my goodness! I don't know. <laughs> 
I, what? I mean, if you were to put it all together, I would say a bag of hot Cheetos. Wow, that's that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a bag of hot Cheetos. Like hot Cheetos are good and all, but like, I I'm selling my body. I I said nothing about selling your body. I just he said just, how much you're uh, worth. You're worth as a person, <laughs> Griff. Oh my goodness! If we put why would you I've go, done, Griff? Why would you go there? Yeah, come on, dude. You know, I go back to producing Griff. Okay. So, anyways, Hi, Mexico was an awesome time. Yeah, apparently a very awkward time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just the atmosphere in this room now. I don't know. Just kidding. Um, um, we was, tell us about incredible. the. I want to know about the worst night because I haven't heard anything about that. Do you want to take the lead on that? You're so well spoken. Okay, Taylor. so um, did you play drums, Taylor? I did play drums. How'd that go? Was it fun? It it went. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. <laughs> there were some. Uh, did you play with a click? I did. Yeah. There were some rough patches. Um, there were a couple times we collectively, as a band, got off and we had to we had to kill Let, the click. Can I intercede? Let me intercede. Taylor is very hard on himself. Like he did an incredible job, and I'm not one just to keep talking up or whatever. But I mean, you and Griff like setting up a whole, getting a system together, like setting up tracks and clicks and all that stuff, and like he nailed it. It was like we did like twelve songs or something like that. Yeah, and it was really good, man. Adam, did you like play he played bass? really well, and like he's yeah, it's like your what fourth instrument or something. And you said Third. yes. Third, Third. guitar, bass, no yeah. bass, guitar, bass, drums. then guitar, and then drums. Yeah. So I disagree. I think you did really well. Mm. Adam, yeah. did sorry. You, did you play bass? What did I play? You played. Oh bass. yeah, I played bass. Play yeah. Bass. <laughs> I actually forgot. Did we end up giving <laughs> you a microphone? I think we did. I don't know that I actually used it. But you had it. I think I had it. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of we were setting it up. We were setting up, and we got there, and we realized that just some of their setup stuff wasn't as extensive or it didn't seem as extensive as we had hoped it would be when we uh before we got there so we're trying to like figure out like oh man we got to strike some stuff and like what's non essential like what can we get rid of so that was kind of like the last thing we were like oh no we do have the ability to give Adam a mic let's set it up but it was like <laughs> it was like the last thing where we set everything else up and we we're like okay i think we can do it yeah um and by the way if it doesn't already go without saying Everything was done entirely in Spanish. So the leadership, yeah. like all the planning, the prep, the That's transposing, awesome. all the lyric stuff, like getting that in some of our software and like the team getting together, rehearsing. It's really interesting because with, with I suppose maybe it's true with all music, but in worship music, it, just because you sing something in English doesn't mean it actually works out lyrically in Spanish. And Especially like true. melodically and stuff. Mel yeah. Yeah, and the syllables and, and syllables yeah. and all that, and then the ones who are people who are ambitious enough to actually say, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to translate this and make this work because I love this song. There might be like four or five different versions of that in Spanish, and right? So of the even, lyrics, the way people translate. Yeah, them. trying to find the one that works the best, and then even we had a couple on our team who you know were fluent or whatever, and they would actually come back, and I'd work on one or whatever, and they go, yeah, this doesn't really work, whatever. And I'm like, but it's got like a million views on YouTube. Yeah, but it's not quite right. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> you know? I'm yeah, like, there yeah. is so much for me to learn. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, oh. Even at the, the, the one rehearsal, the midweek rehearsal that we did, and they're like, 
Um, I was watching the two of them kind of bounce ideas off of each other. Well, I have this version, or yeah, I don't really like that, but like, what if we try this and stuff? And we ended up adding a couple songs that week at rehearsal we that did. we ended up doing, and it was kind of like, but um, I think the thing that was that really kind of made the difference for me was some of the, the visual elements that ended up like they were simple, but they worked. So for for that, that day... Um, there was like a, the um, the orphanage was on a dirt road on one side of a like a paved highway, and then the church that we did the the worship night at and stuff was at um, was on another dirt road on the other side of the paved highway, and the day that we were doing the worship concert, there was going to be a bike race coming down the the paved road, and they were going to be blocking it off. So it, they were going to be blocking it off during the time that we had originally planned to go and set up and, and stuff. So we ended up, we had to go, we were going to go at like a little after noon and we ended up, we went over at nine in the morning, right before nine in the morning, Griffin and I, um, uh, Adam came over and dropped some stuff off. Griffin and I stayed for the whole day and just set up Thank and you. we had so much time. So we just kind of took our time with it and stuff, but, but we set up. Uh, we spent the whole day there setting up and stuff. And, yeah, we did everything, like, stripped out kind of their stuff. We moved any of their stuff out of the way. We used pretty much exclusively our equipment that we brought down, and uh, including our soundboard and stuff. And then um, we the last thing that we set up after we had audio running and, and working and stuff was we set up uh, some lights that we brought down, simple lights, just a couple, like, um, bars like LED bars that responded to sound and another couple things and they were really like small simple elements but they ended up like I watched a couple of the videos and stuff and they like they ended up looking really cool it did nice. and it was just like yeah. subtle a couple small subtle things um, not terribly expensive any of it and uh, created a pretty cool it was pretty cool visual I agree it was neat Dope, and then the night of worship was just was off the hook. Because I think, if anything, I was really bummed not being able to be there. Because Adam had asked me if I was interested in playing bass, and my cousin got married that day, or was getting married that weekend, so I wasn't able to go. Mm. But even if I wasn't playing bass, I would have been like, oh, like I just love, like, I love worship in general, but there's something about being in another country, you know, and then uh, you have a team, you know, and Gabe, he led, and Gabe is awesome, and uh and so just i was like oh man i'm gonna miss out on that night that would have been really cool to be a part of but mm. my cousin's wedding was awesome too so <laughs> <laughs> you mean worth it right just in case she's listening yes yes all right yeah. that's what i thought she's um, probably not listening but <laughs> but, yeah, just in case. <laughs> but just in case just cover your bases yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean it, it was it was awesome it was a lot of fun um it's weird weirdly you're talking about translating to spanish and stuff and I thought going in, I was like, oh, I won't be that hard to play behind that. Like, I don't know the melodies and stuff. Like, I know the songs, and uh, and it it was harder than I anticipated it being to like know where I was with even like knowing like like being comfortable with the music and like the number of times and stuff. Yeah, but. Um, but not hearing the word, not understanding the words, because I don't like speak any Spanish at all. I took when I was in high school, I took German, 
So I don't like I don't speak Spanish one bit. So I'm like totally lost lyrically as far as what's going on. I'm like just sound they're just sounds to me. Yeah, it's and, funny uh, you brought up the transla- translation thing. And I was like, oh, you know, I should if you guys should have told me, I would have pointed you guys in the in the right direction of a couple artists that I know who, like, I named Mario Ortiz, who's a pretty good worship pastor, like from back home, and he was actually the worship pastor at a church on the way for the Spanish side, and they've translated a ton of those songs. Oh, that's cool. And like, he always does that, and I know another girl who's really good at doing that. So for next time, so I, I'll point you to their YouTube channels and everything. And you'll be playing bass, Lee. And I'll be playing bass. Yeah, I'll come out and play bass. All right, um, we're going to move on. Uh, Tyler, we haven't really heard you talk much so far. You're just kind of like chilling. Tonight. I know. I'm chilling like a villain over here in the corner <laughs> in my own nice chair. I know. It's rocking. It's comfortable. I know. You're like, you're just comfortable, huh? Yeah. How's the career life going? It's going well. Teaching's been fun, and this year's coming to a close in about three weeks, and we have finals. So that's exciting. I'm excited for summer, and I know the kids are too. They are very, very antsy, especially the seniors. Um, senioritis is a true thing, and I remember <laughs> those days. Um, but that's good. Um, worship's going well at church, and um, also Bleed American, the tribute band I'm in, we actually just got a new bass player. Oh, sick. Yeah. Because I knew you guys were kind of taking a little break, right? It's like some kind of joke. Before you guys started, you were like, yeah, we're trying out baseballs. We're we're over here like, are you kidding? Like, there's two of us right here, and now you're telling, without telling us at all? I I actually knew about this. Are are you kidding? (laughs) I'm not kidding, no. We uh, oh we goodness. we found a new guy through Craigslist. Yeah. I'm, oh, okay. That's yeah. actually kind of hurtful. Utterly yeah. disgusting. Yeah, two bases, <laughs> and you went to Craigslist before you. Remember. I knew that you guys had lost the other one. Yeah. And you guys were kind of see where you guys were going. Here's the thing. In in my defense, I don't know who I'd choose between you two. So I had don't, to. I I know who you would choose. Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we don't have our Asian guy, Kyung, anymore, who was really awesome. He left. He was my favorite part on, of that band, I think. He was rad. He, he left on good terms, though. It was cool. Tyler's my favorite part um, of that band. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, that's him sucking up to you because he wanted to be the next bass player. <laughs> now, that when you when you have that maybe, time to pick, maybe, you're like, who's keeping it real? Maybe I'll be bass player number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, it looks man. like fun. I watch you guys out there. I want to do that. Yeah, it's because <laughs> be the, the bass player made it look really fun. Yeah, but think about how much fun I would make it look. <laughs> you would. You, you have a no, ton no, of okay, energy. Wait, no, you would have a ton <laughs> yeah. of energy like running around. Their old bass player... Was hilarious. He would go around and like do these dance like moves and like he was pretty funny. And he had a bow tie, but really not. Yep. Like, yeah, and he was he's hilarious. you know he's got the cool like long black goatee. You know, very. I think like, it was just funny that like there's awesome. like a forty year old man up there uh-huh. jamming with you guys. And I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Yeah, he was. I think he was like forty seven. Yeah, but he didn't yeah. look it. No, he did not. I, I never. I was he didn't look it. Forties is young. He's guys. like Adam. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Adam, Adam yeah. is forty. Is so young right. in spirit, and and he looks so young. Adam, are you forty one? That's close. You know what Taylor does I so well. <laughs> Taylor does so well at. He makes you think you're getting a compliment, but then by the time the sentence is over, you just got slapped. 
No, 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 no. Yeah. What yeah, I'm true. saying, yeah, yeah, no, okay, it's yeah, true. but that's not what's happening right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is I, that that Adam, that no matter how old you ever get, your spirit is so youthful. That you're no looking one, at me so th- creepily. That no one will ever know. <laughs> this is <laughs> awkward right now. <laughs> I like. I'm looking over. Could, I'm like, this is really 80. awkward. You could be 80, and I would still think you're 30. Thanks, Taylor. You're welcome. There we go. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're gonna take. We a spend break. a lot of time together, so probably too much. Oh man! All right, uh, <laughs> we're gonna take a break. You said it on me. You're yeah. listening to Whom It May Concern. And we're back. You're listening to Who We Make Concern. And uh, cool, we're excited. We have Adam here, uh, who's uh, our worship pastor at our church. But before that, he was actually in a band called Homegrown. Some of you guys might have heard of them. Pop punk band. I think maybe even the earlier stuff, you could say maybe a little ska in there. I don't know. Would you agree with me, Adam? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So We were listening to, uh, to Surfer Girl before you got here. So. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Hopefully the second version, act your age version. Anyhow, I digress. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but uh, Adam was in a, uh, and Homegrown was, where, where I grew up, was huge. Like, it was huge. And I know out of all of us, I'm the one that listened to Homegrown the most. Uh, so like, it's funny to think that, first, I never thought I would ever meet Adam. Uh, from homegrown let alone be his friend and so, and then let alone actually play music with him so i was like wow like i look back at it now it's like dude my high school self is stoked <laughs> like, like i could go up to adam and talk to him about whatever i can go up to adam and like we could just hang out you know go get some food and then i get to play with him on sunday mornings and i'm like this sunday we have rehearsal tomorrow night we do and uh we we're playing sunday and I'm like, dude, my high school self would be like, this is a high five moment. Like, my teenage <laughs> self is coming back and just saying, <laughs> dude, good job, bro. Like, yeah. Um, so that's really cool. But um, Homegrown for me uh, was is such a unique story in my life musically because my best friend, when uh, my best friend Nick Roth, uh, the first Homegrown song we heard was actually a cover song by Bar- when you guys did Barbie Girl. Mm-hmm. And um, another one we listened to earlier. Yeah, and uh, that was the first song I had heard. And then we got into all your music, and this is probably two thousand and two, two thousand and three, around that time. And uh, we started listening to it, and that kind of like that was like our thing. We would barbecue, and we would jump in the pool, and we would have parties. And a lot of it was listening to Homegrown, uh, Rufio, and uh, Blink One Eighty Two, oh, yeah. and. That whole scene. Um, and then a lot of my buddies who skated, it was like, you know, they had their Walkmans and they were listening to Homegrown records and everything. Uh, and so my buddy Nick, that was like his favorite band. Like, you were his favorite band. And uh, he passed away in a car accident uh, when we were 17. And I remember we, we played some Homegrown songs at like the little like wake we had for him. And then we also, in his casket, we threw in a couple of your albums oh, wow. in there and stuff. And so... Mm. It, for me, it's like, whoa, like, now I'm friends with Adam, and, like, you had a huge influence on my buddy Nick, 
uh, like musically, you know, uh, just that whole pop punk genre at the time, mm. um, which was really huge then, um, and which I also think it's kind of coming back a little bit. But for me personally, I was like, oh, I remember too thinking like, dude, he plays bass and he sings, like that's a rat. And I remember like I was just strictly a bass player at that time. I wasn't singing, didn't pick up a guitar at all. And I was like, maybe I could do that one day. And I'm still striving to do that. <laughs> it's like the most <laughs> difficult thing ever uh, to play bass and, and sing like that. But uh, yeah, dude, so that's kind of like my story of homegrown. Like, and it's funny too because I don't know if you, I mean, you, you, you guys were huge in like the LA County, San Fernando Valley area, like huge. And the other quick story I have is uh, I was at In N Out. With a couple buddies, and I ran into my buddy Billy. He used to be in a band called Confide, and that's when Charlie was with him, uh, Charlie Hoy, who you know uh, now. Yeah. yeah. And remember, uh, I, I was talking to Charlie, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like uh, our worship leader. He used to be in a band, Homegrown, and his face just lit up." And Charlie and I are from the same area, and he's like, "Dude, I used to always listen to Homegrown. I used to always, uh, you know." Um, like I learned how to sing like just the melody harmony. I did harmonies because of, of listening to to Homegrown, and I learned how to do that. And so you guys were huge where we where we came from. And um, I remember, uh, I think like a week later, I saw him, or it might have been you. And then you guys told me that you guys met because you guys found out that you guys were neighbors in the same apartment complex. We were, we were neighbors, and I, I want to say we met in the jacuzzi. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Like some he overheard we're talking, having some conversation, and something came up, and he's like. Hey, you da da da, and hey, and it just started. Dude, we've totally been hanging out since and stuff too. He's yeah. he's a super cool guy. Yeah, dude. he was in a good band too. Neural, Neural. Yeah, I used to go like, see Neural play. That's just one of those other bands that was local, and I would we would go check out. And my buddy, uh, a guy that I knew, Ryan Davis, was actually one of the guitar players for Neural um, at that time. But then Charlie also jammed with one of my old band members, a guy named Tim Boone, who was one who's a great drummer. So Charlie and I had a lot to talk about, but Charlie and I didn't know each other really until coming out here, and we got to know each other more. But that's just cool how you guys met, yeah, it's and cool stuff. So yeah, but yeah, you guys were huge uh, growing up for for me and for a lot of guys out there. That you know, I mean, I remember like going to school and like people had homegrown shirts and you know, and like they had like our backpacks were all patched out, you know, with homegrown stuff and. Blink One Eighty Two stuff and like that whole pop punk air was was awesome in my opinion. Still some of my favorite times of music, but um, but it's cool because I get to share it with these guys a little bit. I was like, oh, play this song, play this song, and everything. And they, you know, they were digging it. I, I think mm-hmm. you like the growl and Barbie Girl, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've listened to a lot of this, the stuff that that um, that we were listening to earlier before. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I didn't I didn't really know you guys growing up to be honest with you <laughs> um you're young gun but i met uh, <laughs> I, I met adam after i i moved out here actually a little bit before uh he called me on the phone before because i'd filled out like a contact us thing on the church website but so adam and i spoke on the phone um almost a, probably exactly two years ago now just about um before i moved out here and so we got to know each other a little bit, and then after I, I moved out here and, and we started talking and stuff, and then I found out he was in a, a in a pop punk band like back back in the day a little bit. So I so I looked him up and I started checking him out, and I'm coming across some some music videos on YouTube, 
And uh, I'm just like, I was like, whoa, like, this isn't the guy that I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's just some things that are like, like clearly a, a little bit different uh, stage of life <laughs> um, yes. for, for yes. you. And, uh, but it was, it was wild. Like, I, was, I was like, oh, like, all right, like, I really like the guy that I know. So that's cool. <laughs> And, uh, and then I started like, I started to meet people living here that were like huge fans of yours. And I was just like, oh yeah, it's just, it's just Adam. Like, <laughs> and they're like, no way. Like, like your worship pastor is the singer from Homegrown. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you mean Adam? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Well, it's funny now. Cause that's how it is for me. It's like, yeah, it's just Adam. Yeah. It's just Adam. Uh, but anyways, uh, that, that's a good <laughs> segue into Adam, we just want to, we really want to hear your story. Like, we want to hear, I know a lot of us in this room right now kind of have a, a know, and Tyler, I wouldn't say really knows, but a little bit, but the cool thing, Tyler knows that you're awesome, because uh, we talk about, we actually talk about you a Thank lot. you're awesome, Tyler. Uh, and we're always telling Tyler. You're awesome. <laughs> it's funny, we're always telling Tyler, I, I think I, I literally say this all the time about you, Adam, you're by far my favorite worship leader I've ever served under, because you're the easiest to come to, talk to about just anything and stuff. And like, wow, thanks, and I've, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think sometimes a lot of, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way. I just, I think sometimes for worship leaders and maybe any musicians in general, when like, when you're in charge of something or when you're like the head of the band, there's almost like this feel like my go or the highway kind of thing. Like, this is what I want played. This is what I want done. And this and this and that. But that's not you at all. <laughs> like, that's like you love like the creativity. You love that we could talk to you about it. We go in your office, you know, even at rehearsal. It's really simple, and it's funny too because like this last Sunday might have been the only time I've ever heard you maybe get a little stern. Uh, <laughs> but it was so funny because <laughs> no, but th- but this is the funny I thing. Did, like, I did. Like, yeah. actually on Sunday morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is the funny thing. <laughs> You weren't stern, like like no, I don't mean that in a mean way. Like you were stern, and I was like, "Whoa!" And then like, immediately apologetic. Yeah, and then like, sorry guys, we just really need to get through this. And like, it was the nicest way I've ever heard anyone like approach, like because you just you need you're running out of time and you're trying to get it going, and you didn't even say it. I Me, mean, you're like, just hey guys, guitar stop or something like that. And yeah. The stop thing, like, oh, sorry about that, guys, but we just really got to get going. I was like, whoa. I, <laughs> I think I've heard you do that once before. Or th- I think that once before and then one time at a rehearsal where it was just like, and it was a good team, and it was just like, it was a good team that just wasn't prepared for rehearsal. And and Adam being like, hey, guys, I just, you know, I got to be honest, like, I'm just a little disappointed. Like, I expected us to be a little more prepared. And my heart just, like, sank. Like I was like, oh no! Like Adam's disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just like, I don't know. Like because you're that nice of a guy that it's like no, like oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not a huge fan of confrontation, and yet it's hard. It, it is right. Like, but it's usually one of them. It's like faithful the wounds of a friend, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's usually the most helpful things, especially in ministry, where you can be honest and real. But the but the the delivery is love, right? Kindness, all that stuff. But I, but everything feels so easy to me. But in ministry, when you actually have to have a frank conversation with somebody or something, where you, 
you know where there's that line of friendship or whatever, but, and you almost have to like, you feel like you're stepping above in a way. It's not above, you're, you're helping to try to support, but it still feels like, hey, I'm taking sort of this role in your life and, yeah. and, I, and I've got to, something's got to be fixed or I want to make you aware of something. I'm just dying inside before those conversations. Mm. I'm like, oh, I know I got to do it, but I don't want to do it. Even down to saying, hey, uh, turn down, stop playing the guitar. Sorry, uh, just, I don't even like doing that, you know? Yeah. But I need to yeah. out of respect for everybody else on the team, but. Well, especially I still don't I mean, like we it. were we were like already late for the pre-service meeting at that point, and we yeah. and you had another song it was, to do. It was a little stressful that morning, but it, it worked out though. Yeah, it, and it worked out. And yeah, yeah. like I said, Absolutely. like out of all the worship leaders I've played with or been around, you're by far still my favorite. I would agree with that. Yeah, and Thanks, it's man. and I try really hard to kind of think like okay, like especially in the position I'm in with young adults and some high school things that I still do. I always try to come in and like, okay, I, like Adam's Adam's our leader of the whole of the church, and and so I got to represent Adam when I talk to somebody in a certain way. So I need to remember like how not just like obviously like how would Jesus handle the situation, <laughs> you know, and how it, yeah, but yeah. also WWAD. But, but no, no, no. But like I really think it's Lightning like I kind of yeah. no. <laughs> I kind of look at it as like okay, like. Adam would almost come in it this way because of the relationship he has with Jesus. And so it kind of makes me think like, okay, when I approach someone, let me come at this way uh, because this is how my leader would do it. You know, because, you know, I look at it like this, like Adam is the direct uh, reflection of Jesus in my life as our worship leader. You know, like I see Jesus in him. Does that make sense? That, I I I understand what you're saying, but I think it could get lost. It could get lost. People. Yeah, it could get lost with people. I guess like what I would say is that I I, I see the love that uh, Adam has for Jesus and how he, he how he shares that with other people within being real, honest, and encouraging. And I'm like, okay, I want to reflect that too, especially when it comes to worship ministries at the bridge. And so I always yeah. try to keep that in mind. Um, so like, I always try not to Thank like. You. Yeah, I always try not to like. If like if Griffin does something, I'm not gonna like. I try my hardest not to flip out on him. With <laughs> Griffin's the exception to that. Yeah, yeah, Griffin's the exception. Let's say, let's say Josh messed something up. Let's say Tyler messed something up. <laughs> That's never. I don't. Ever I don't think that. it's ever happened. That's never let's happened. Say it. <laughs> let's say it, and then I'd be like, "Hey, Tyler. Hey, man. Uh, I'm just really disappointed. I just. I know. And then you need to say you're sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry, man, but. <laughs> just, I'm a little disappointed. I thought we would be better prepared, but I'm sorry. Maybe I need to send out the music a little sooner than that. So, ooh, that's good. That's ooh. good stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, that's See? nice. Anyways, <laughs> taking ownership as the leader. Yeah. I like it. Uh, anyways, Adam, I want to hear. We, I guess we all just want to hear your story. Like, what got you into music? <laughs> yeah, that's how we got yeah, here, right? Know, right? Yeah, just been rambling for the last like <laughs> 15 minutes. But uh, Adam, we want to hear uh, what like. What got you into music? Maybe even tell us a little bit about Homegrown. And, yeah. and also, just want to hear where you're at now. You know, a lot of us, I know, like, Taylor and I, we have a good idea of, of what you're doing now. But if you can kind of just share. Yeah. Um, gosh, I got in a, I had an interesting developmental life in music because I honestly didn't even listen to music until I was about 13 and a half, 14. Wait, like, like listen like, to it seriously or at all? 
like like it all. If it was hmm. it was my parents, I'd care with 101 or or typically Kiss FM, and I was completely unaware of music. Wow, that's wow. actually a little surprising. Um, like and and just listening, you know, just recreationally, I didn't do that. I was too busy being an absolute introvert, you know, and like I think still playing with Legos. And I was like 13 or something like that. And um, my I had this old neighbor named Greg Warrens, and his brother loved to listen to like a lot of the old hair metal stuff. And Striper? Stri- no, not Striper. <laughs> not Striper. <laughs> not striper. <laughs> More uh, like, remember, I'm 42. Well, I get no striped still. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was. Uh, gosh, what was all this stuff? You know, like Iron Maiden and, and all that type of yeah, stuff. Oh, Thunderbolt okay. and mm-hmm. um, Motorhead, and, that kind of. Yeah, Motorhead. Um, gosh, I'm, About I'm like, blanking like on some of the old ones. I can, I can like almost that. see the picture of the, you know, the LPs or whatever in front yeah. of me. But, but he listened to a lot of that, and I was like, oh, it's edgy or whatever. White Snake. Pantera. Pantera, a little bit of Pantera. Judas Priest. I appreciate their wrist. Their wrist are really yeah, good. Judas they Priest is that's a good Iron Maiden esque yeah, reference right there. Yeah, but I remember, Pantera. I remember, uh, I was, yeah, I was like fourteen or something like that, and a couple. This guy named Andy, who we, used, we had like a whole skate crew. You know, back then everyone's skateboarding. Yeah. And there's like we had a crew of like you know forty, fifty people who just mob around and stuff. And these guys, these guys who could drive, they're old enough to drive. They're in this van that had all these like n- printed newspapers on the van and stuff of like political things. They're already totally politically activated and stuff, young and and um, and they're listening to Operation IV. And I'd never heard anything like that sound. Like it just for me, it just didn't exist. It was. It was what was on the radio. So yeah, it's just radio. Like- it's just it's just fodder in the background, or whatever. And I heard that and and so. I think that kind of had a big click in me, like even for the whole pop punk and ska star. I was just like, what is that? Like, you know that feeling when you hear like a band and you feel cool yeah. and you want to tell everybody about it, almost like like mm. you are the band. Hey, check yeah. this out. Like yeah. you're the first to tell them and you, you get energized, you know, that's how it kind of was for me. And from there, I just started listening like, um, like I remember when I got the first Pennywise record. Oh yeah. And I was just, you know, I had my new lifted truck and just cranking it up, going to pick up my girlfriend from school, and I'm like blasting as high as I can. Because back then, it punk wasn't, you know, punk was punk. Yeah, yeah. Like you'd go to shows, and you know, you go to a, a gutter mouth show in Huntington Beach or something, and it was like kind of scary. You know, it was like skinheads, yeah. and then you had the skins to help calm down the skinheads, but they were really like brutal and aggressive and scary people too. So there's just everything was edgy and wrong people are getting hurt but at the same time you wanted to be a part of it because you felt like you had somewhere that you belonged in a sense it just felt really yeah. special mm-hmm. um but then i took some weird tangents too where um uh like depeche mode still say right. one of the one of the best bands best bands around um i heard those records and it just blew my mind and uh so i had like a little bit of that 80s feel or whatever mm-hmm. but then that whole punk root stuff and so my friends i had i had some friends in orange who were in a band now this was homegrown pre-homegrown but uh they had this they had their band kind of going they're playing backyard parties that's kind of what you did and uh it's just for fun like doing rage against the machine covers and nice. <laughs> yeah. just like having fun and and uh there's actually some like the, one of the guys ian Cohn, was like a shredder on guitar so he could just you know it's super legit and um but they had this one show where 
they the bass player couldn't make it for whatever reason. And so John, who is the, the other singer in Homegrown, came up to me and he said, hey, dude, can you play bass? I'm like, I've never, I don't play bass. I've never played a bass. Well, you, you play guitar, because I, once I started listening to music, I picked it up, got like a cheap, you know, $20 guitar, yeah. electric with a speaker in it. Speaker didn't oh, work. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Speaker yes, didn't work. Yeah. Like the intonation was lost, you know, by the time you hit fret two, it's like out of tune, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I was like, he's like, just try it out. And I'm like, okay. He's all, it's just like a guitar. There's less strings, so it's easier. I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, that's, that's, I remember the conversation. I'm like, okay. And so uh, he taught me like three or four songs real quick, like 15, 20 minutes before we went on. For whatever reason, I was able to retain it. Like I actually played it and pulled it off. I've seen bands like I, I saw a band one time in like a tiny, tiny little dive bar. It was one of the, like one of the first shows I ever played, and we're playing with this band. And they're from Connecticut, and we were like pretty into them and stuff. And they had like the bass player was like filling in, like yeah, he learned the songs before we drove down here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. Yeah, so it was, and so from there it just worked out. Like it clicked, and, like our friendships and stuff, and so we started playing more, and then. Um, you know, kind of how it went back then. You just sort of play like you just had to work hard. Yeah. Like you kind of had to get noticed. Like, like now it's more like you could, you know, YouTube and all that stuff. And it's so, you know, SoundCloud. It's so internet based. Back then it was, you know, we got our first cassette tape made, and it was just wow. You know, freaking out actually being in the studio, and um, like to get your shows booked. You we had. I remember we. You know, you'd have all the tapes, and we got like lime green tapes, and that was cool. Stood and out. It stood. Yeah, it stood yeah, out. Yeah. We're like, this is good marketing. Yeah. And then you're, you know, you're you're printing out on the printer or whatever the name of your band and songs, and then your parents' home phone number if if the club wanted to book you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you're and you're and you're making those four or five hundred tapes, and then going out to the shows you like and stuff, or giving out tapes, or trying to sell them, you know, and make enough to get more tapes or whatever. And um, and so we did that for a while, and then. We got the attention of, I don't know if you remember Liberation Records. Yep. Remember them? Um, but uh, they said, hey, we're, we're doing this compilation. And here's the crazy thing. Like back then, compilations didn't really exist necessarily for that whole genre or world. So he's like really pioneering in it. And so we did that compilation. And um, we did a song called Face in the Crowd and put it out there. And we did our first tour with a band called the U.S. Bombs. Uh, which Dwayne Peters, famous uh, skater, was in it. Like, gnarly guy, but super awesome. Like, like I don't know, he's just totally had an awesome experience with them. Went on the road, and all of a sudden, like, we're going out to shows around the country, and everyone's singing the words of the song. Like, what? Like, weird. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember weird. I remember we went to, like, Jacksonville, Florida. You know, we're just like, you're on the road, right? You're on the road the first time. You're just like, this is... You feel like you're living in an alternate reality, and um, we get to Florida, and like the the place is packed, and it's like 200 kids or something like that singing all the words to the song, and we're just like, what? You know, you're just happy to like to play a show, like yeah. it's not in the backyard at that point. So I got signed and all that stuff, and and started doing records, and um, I don't even know how long I'm supposed to go on how this journey goes. Just let it go. Just go, yeah. Okay. Um, oh gosh, and so. So we put out our album on Liberation Records, and then we got uh, the attention of uh, a record. Oh gosh, Output Re- Outpost Recordings. You remember them? I don't know if you remember them. Uh, oh, what bands did they have? 
gosh, I can't remember. Their subsidiary of Geffen, I believe. Okay. It's been so long ago, man. <laughs> um, but we got attention to them, which which kind of gave us some more like like support. Obviously, more budget, more money to go tour and do all that stuff. And so we put out the record Act Your Age. Now, so how does that? Um, you were with Liberation before that. Yeah. Was it like Liberation put out one thing and then the next thing was on Outpost, or was there? Um, we did some EPs like and stuff. Yeah. The timeline's fuzzy for me, honestly. Yeah. Like I remember we did an EP on Fuel by Ramen, uh, nice. but I don't remember what the I don't even remember when that came in that between. Been like Fuel by Ramen, that's like early Fuel by Ramen at that point. Early, yeah, yeah. Like when they had like for the old schoolers, like the Impossibles, and um, yeah, they actually had some good stuff still back in the days. Like Fuel yeah. by Ramen, they found some pretty good music, and obviously yeah. they still do. But they had a good ear. They, they've for moved. Music. They've moved some of the. I mean, it, a lot of the bands that they got kind of mid two thousands, mid to late two thousands. The ones that are still with them have started to transition more into like pop stuff. So they're like, yeah. what was like, like an emo and like alternative label has kind of it's transitioned kind of changed, into yeah. it was Fallout Boy and like, yeah, like uh, Panic and and. Like the Paramore stuff has kind of transitioned into a pop label all of a sudden, and it's still legit. Yeah, <laughs> it's still legit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got we got the attention of them, and and um, I think I almost want to say that they had to buy out Liberation from a couple record contracts, if I remember right. I think they might have had to do that, um, but got signed to them. But then we didn't even know it. But in the behind the scenes, they were getting bought out by another label. And so even before our record got released, it was kind of doomed. Like all the marketing and stuff that they're going to do for it, it just sort of, it was already kind of dead. And so once we figured that out, our management figured it out, like we started getting a little play in K-Rock and stuff. We're like, dude, it's, it's happening. You know, because yeah. you're watching your friends, like Unwritten Lawn, Blink and stuff, like, oh, here we go. It's, you know, at that time, all those pop punk bands are just sort of happening. Yeah. Like, oh, this is awesome, you know. And then the label just sort of went, and... When you're on a major label and things change and shift, it can be brutal. It's kind of like they just sort of, they put the holding pattern on everybody and just sort of take a look at numbers and see what's selling, what could make money, futures, and they'll just make you wait. They can make you wait like six months, a year, and there's nothing you can do. And so we just went out and we just became like, just tour rats. You know, we just toured like 10 months out of the year and just said, we're gonna, we're gonna keep this alive. And that's what we did for that time. So it's a crazy time. Disheartening, but... Yeah, we just worked. We worked hard. I had buddies who were uh, in a band that kind of something similar to that, where they were on a, I want to say a subsidiary of Sony, but but don't quote me on it. But it was you know a label kind of like that, and uh, and they put out a record and it it didn't sell as much as the label wanted them to, so they kind of put a hold on it, and then the label went defunct and crumbled. But so now. Sony or whoever it was owns their contract yep. and like they were in and I'm we're talking years yeah it's of, terrible of legal battle of them just touring and not being able to release anything yeah mm. yeah it so was, like dude, rough it's <laughs> like, brutal yeah it's totally brutal it's almost change your name although that's yeah. hard to do too <laughs> but um, yeah did that didn't work out and that's when we got picked up by Drive Through which by the way Drive Through Records was right next. I think they're. They were located in Sherman Oaks. 
Sounds right. Yeah, Sherman Oaks. Sounds and, right. And uh, I remember uh, my buddy and I, we we got like a compil- compilation like thing on there and uh, Hello Goodbye was on there yeah. and uh, the early November. Yeah. And I remember seeing Homegrown. I was like, whoa, Homegrown. Like, and and we were already fans. And uh, I think my buddy and I were like, dude, sick, drive through records. And I think... That came to the point where we're like, oh, dude, we got to get signed by drive through. Like, that would be legit. Because <laughs> we were like, in our minds, like, if we get signed by drive through, then we'll get to tour with Homegrown and get to tour with the early November, which till this day, the early November is still a band that I listen to. And they just actually put out a new record um, hmm? earlier this year. Uh, but uh, drive through records, and they, I think they had uh, Hidden in Plain View. Yep. Uh, which, Very nice guys. Yeah, those awesome, awesome. Uh, starting line. And- yeah, starting line. Census fails. Census fails. Halifax. Halifax, yeah. yeah. Whoa, you're bringing it back. Yeah, I'm trying dude. to remember some names, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, It's a pretty tight group, too. Like, the, yeah. way, the way that drive Through kind of ran their stuff is, like, very family businessy. You know, That's you, cool. you toured the family. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's like you're going on a tour, you get in the calls, like, hey, who are you taking out on the tour? You know, they weren't actually telling you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they had that spirit, like, if you're going out, you better bring... You know, bring one of the boys. You know, bring him out or whatever. Yeah. So it was, and it actually kind of worked well because people would reciprocate and you know take and sort of everyone sort of got to grow together in that environment, which was cool. Yeah, Drive the Records. I think at that time was one of my favorite labels because it had so many awesome bands that I just loved. That like it's just it's just a good time in music for me. You know, especially yeah. with. Early November, hidden in plain view. Finch too. Yeah, Finch. The early dashboard stuff yeah. was on there. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Really yeah, good and stuff. you go back now, and you're like, whoa! It, Drive the records, one of those labels that you like. You go back now, and you're like, wow! I didn't realize like all those bands were were on there because there's a lot of big bands that, like that were on that label. Yeah, there's a and, platform uh, for them for sure. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Drive the records, and they're not around anymore. I don't think, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't live in the world anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like so. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're around anymore, but I could be wrong. I'm. I'm 42 year old dad, worship pastoring the church with three boys and an amazing wife. I'm like so. I'm like I'm so out of that world, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, did that. Did that for a while. We're the old guys in the label, which is funny. Like I felt like everyone was like you know 11 and 12 years old in the bands <laughs> and like shredding. It's like yeah. man, man, we're so old, but it's it was totally fun. Like it kind of gave us like sort of re-energized us and. Um, kind of got the momentum going and stuff. And that's when, honestly, that's that's when like kind of sort of my testimony and sort of things started changing for me because we'd been touring for a while and and doing all that. And, and um, uh, when I was, man, when I was like 15 years old, I'd given my heart to the Lord. You know, I was at like, I was at this forest home camp mm-hmm. and some friends invited me from a, a Presbyterian church in Costa Mesa and uh, I just got rocked you know I was just like God just hit me over the head and and um, I, I gave my heart to the Lord I was like all right I'm in you know and so I was in for like years and you know years and years and years and stuff yeah. but you kind of go the way of the buffalo when you start getting involved in other things and like you know the music and stuff that lifestyle yeah and so my life just like kind of that old life of faith was like it was always there. It never left. Like I always had the conviction, but it, you know, the more time you, the more time you drift, the more time you, that conviction sort of just, mm. just feels like a distant memory, you know. And uh, it was like around 2004 or whatever. I had, I had a girlfriend at the time who was my wife now, which is awesome. 
kind of giving away the rest of the story, but, <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, we were like living together and stuff. Things are great, but we broke up. And it's a crazy thing because when you're on the road, like 10 months out of the year, you really look forward to going home to things that are familiar. You know, and so like my girlfriend was like, she was at, you know, we're going out for years and stuff. And it was Ronald Lee. And um, like when that broke up, I felt like kind of I lost all my center of gravity at home. And it's like all your relationships at home, it's hard to keep things tight, you know, because you're always gone. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden I just, I started, I felt like my life was in tailspin. And I was like, what, gosh, what am I doing? You know, and, and all this, it's just weird. Like I felt like, Am I going to keep doing this my whole life? Am I just going to be gone all the time? And da, 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 you know, like, why am I doing this? And and still having those struggling a little bit of convictions and what I was doing and stuff. I just I was just getting way off course. And um, it was weird. I, you know, people talk about like they hear God or whatever. And I, I don't know how to explain it except that, that at that time I was I was just hearing I was hearing like the Lord speak to my heart like inside like What are you doing? What do you want to do? Where is this headed? And I was having conversations I hadn't had in like, you know, like eight, I don't even know how long, like eight years or something like that. All of a sudden I was like, whoa, like he's talking to me again, like he did back then. And, um, and then from there, it's just like, he's like, it's, it's time to let it all go. It's time, to, it's time to start following me. And I was like, uh, whoa, like, cause, cause homegrown was my life, right? Like yeah. homegrown was my income. I mean, that's, it, it was everything. Yeah, and that's so scary because it's going. It's not like you're, it's not like it's it's ending and you're trying to figure out what's the next step. That's like you're challenged to walk away from the thing that is the thing for you. Yeah. And at, at that yeah. time, you guys were getting bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, the momentum was yeah. good. Like we were, were just, we're, we're just about to go on a, our first European tour, Newfound Glory. Dang. And um, we had picked up. It was unreal the momentum we picked up in the UK. Yeah, it was like uh, something corporate took it off, took us out the first time, and then it was like we just kept going back like a few times a year, and it was just like on fire. It was like, man, why, why doesn't the USA like us like these people do? We don't want to go to the US anymore because yeah. the UK and everything over there is getting so like good, you know. But yeah, things were things were things are really looking up, and um, I just knew, man. I just knew. God was like, it's it's time, and like yeah, like you said, it was like that was my identity. Like oh, I'm the bass player, homegrown, and like what's what's Plan B after you're gonna give that up? Like I play bass. <laughs> like yeah, I don't have life skills. I didn't go to call. You know, I didn't finish college or anything. So um, I remember I just you know they're rehearsing for the tour and stuff, and I just stood there with my hand like shaking as I'm listening to the rehearse and like laugh and joke in the practice room. And I'm just like, my hands shaking. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Because I had no idea, you know. And, um, and so I went in and I just told him, I, I just have to, I have to be done with it or whatever. And it was really got really quiet. Because it was just way out of left field. Yeah. Like my faith yeah. wasn't in the picture at all. So it was like all of a sudden my faith to like sort of steer my life was like, what? You know? And yeah. It, I, can, that's, I can see that being like, yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? You got to... So, like, and how was the reaction from the guys? Um, I think at first it was, it was kind of shock, you know, and then it, and everything I'm saying, their their reactions, rightly so, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not, this isn't, I'm not talking smack or anything. Like mm -hmm. they got angry, 
You know what I mean? Obviously, because when you're you're in a band, it's like a family, especially like I mean, oh, yeah. I, I guess if I were like the the backup tambourine player, it's like yeah, find a new guy. But when it's a singer in the band, it's it really kind of tears a band apart. Yeah, and I, so I remember that's their livelihood too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I remember being in the Glory record and uh, our lead singer sat down with uh, uh, the guitarist and I and, and and our other buddy Michael, who is his brother. And he sat down with us and he's like, hey guys, like, you know, I, I just felt like I, I need to do something else and and this and that. And we just put out our, our first record, our only record. We put that out and we were planning on touring and doing some really cool stuff with it. And and we were, we were stoked because we were doing it all by ourselves. And uh, we we're like, okay, now let's like, like we, we had saved money, like we had done all this stuff. Yeah. And then he pulled that and we we're just like, uh. and. and for us, we were all roommates too, so we all lived together. Oh gosh! <laughs> and like we we're just like, uh, and like it was so funny because like I know my buddy, he was working at uh, Starbucks at the time. I was working at the church, at, at, at a church, and and my other buddy was doing all kinds of like odd jobs, and we were all just had the money saved, and we we're all gonna do it. And like so, we kind of saw the light in the tunnel of like, yes, we're done with these like jobs, and then all of a sudden it came back. Like right in front of us, like nope, I'm gonna be here for another oh, such man. and such. And it's funny because the thing that he wanted to do, he actually didn't even turn out doing it. And at first, we were like super, just like oh man. But now that I look back on it, you know, if I would never have moved to Orange County, if that would have happened, if he didn't do that, my buddy Ian, he moved to. Uh, he actually decided like, okay, well, this isn't gonna go. I'm gonna get married. He married his his girlfriend. And they moved to Indiana, and now he works for Sweetwater, and you know does his thing and, and stuff. <laughs> and like my wait, other buddy wait, is kind of doing his whoop, thing. Whoop. Yeah, you got a Sweetwater shirt on. Yep. Yeah, man. Ian, if you're listening, I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's just funny, like how my buddy's like one decision affected all of us. Yeah, you know. And so I could, I and I remember feeling angry and feeling this and that. But then at the same, and our situation was a little different because we all lived together. And I remember thinking, like we all like were home, and I think like Ian and I like we like him and I we went out and just kind of hung out. And Michael, our other buddy who was another roommate, did his thing, and so we were just kind of like, well, I guess this happened, and just those big decisions, you know. And then yeah. we came home, and I remember, I think when we broke up, I think six months into it. It just didn't work out for us even being roommates, so we all kind of went our own way, and then that's when I decided I was moving back. I was moving to New Mexico, and I think Ian was like, I think Ian got Ian j- did get married, and we just celebrated his wedding, and he was, and then he just announced to us that I'm moving, <laughs> I'm moving to Indiana, and it's like how crazy Not we crazy. all, like, yeah, separated, yeah, one yeah, decision, one and decision. like just literally made paths for all of us in different places, yeah, you know, and so. But like I said, like I look back now, I'm like I would never have moved to Orange County if it wasn't for my buddy's decision in that, you know. So, but I can only imagine what those guys so were. So tell your like. buddy, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- <laughs> thanks, Johnny. We get Celine. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Johnny. Uh, but I can only I'll imagine. Say, I'll say you thank know, you also. You know, yeah. I can only imagine what those guys were feeling at that yeah. time, especially when you guys were just moving forward the yeah. way you guys were and stuff. So yeah. So that was yeah that was that was that was a crazy time, man, because. Once I'd given it up, I was like, you know, I had a little bit of money saved and stuff, um, so I could 
sort of navigate. And I had parents, like I was still living, you know, I was still living at home, for, I think up until I was like 30 or something like that. So I had some money saved or whatever. I could kind of hang out and figure out what I wanted to do. But man, I, gosh, I'm t- it's crazy even going back there, man. Um, yeah, giving it all up. It's weird though, I had such a peace. There was such a peace when I did it though. I mean, obviously the tension of the relationships and what, like what was next or whatever, but at least I had a peace that I knew and I was doing the thing that God wanted me to do. Hmm. That was the part I was like, okay, if I've got that, I know at least I can, I can build rightly off that, you know? And so it's crazy after that, like I realized I, I did have no life skills. So I had like a friend from church get me a drywalling job. And so I did <laughs> drywalling for a few years and then I sold patio furniture and um, I was doing everything I could to make ends meet. Like my girlfriend who I broke up with, like we got back together and like did things the right way. You know what I mean? Like just to honor one another, honor, honor God and, and um, you know, got married. And so that's why I had to start work. And I'm like, oh, I got a man up. I got to provide and stuff. And yeah. But what's funny is I still like, I, uh, I still held on to the dream that like, okay, I felt like the Lord was calling me in ministry or whatever, but I didn't quite understand it. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a bunch of money and then I'll get into full-time ministry, you know, because I just kind of figured they don't, you know, they don't make money or whatever. Like you, yeah. you got to serve the Lord or whatever. I didn't understand it. Like I was like, naive, but, but I just thought that's how it was, you know? And so I was working on different projects. Like I had this one project called Daylight West, um, which is a really cool project. I was songwriting for a guy who I worked for named Jared Berry, who's doing really well in a country band right now in Vegas. Um, but I was writing songs based off of his like experience in life. And we just sit alone and together in an office. And I t- tell me how you're feeling about, you know, like your girlfriend, you know, tell me how you're feeling about what happened with your family. Like all these just devastating moments in life and things like that. And he was brutally honest. And so we'd write songs together off of his just raw emotions, good stuff. And then uh, New Year's Day was another band. They're still going around. They're Seems like they're doing really well. They're yeah, doing yeah. Warp Tour this summer. Yeah, doing they Warped are. Tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. got involved with, got introduced to Ashley through. I think it was Keith. I think it was Keith Drover. Shout out to Keith, you're awesome. Um, but then started to, did songwriting on that first record, kind of getting that going because I was thinking, oh, you know, you get the, and I still enjoyed it. I love, you know, I love pop punk. I love yeah. writing all that stuff. And um, so I thought, yeah, oh, especially you, the 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 early New Year's Day stuff, some more. Kind More of pop in that, punk in that vein, yeah. Um, and so, just trying to like make some money, still keep my hand in that that pot or whatever, you know, like yeah, yeah. just trying like okay, you know, Lord, I'll do this, but I'll do this, and you know, you're gonna bless it. It's gonna get all big, and you know, and I'll get in, I'll do what you want me to do, type thing. And uh, after doing that for like four years and nothing happening, it was like it was like I felt like I was trying to do everything right for the Lord, and like He's like putting His thumb on it, like no. And I couldn't figure it out. Like hindsight, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to earn my way into ministry. Come on. Like, yeah, you, you yeah, don't yeah. call the shots on how you do it. Like he calls mm-hmm. the shots. Yeah. But I remember I was in the car with my buddy, um, Kylo, going to like a side job or something like that for drywall or stolen recess lighting or something. And I just started yelling at God in the car. And like, we were cool. We're bros. So like, he was cool with me yelling at the Lord. <laughs> like, it wasn't awkward. Like, what's yeah, yeah. happening? Like, is he having a mental <laughs> breakdown? Like I just started, you know, I just, I just kind of had my say and I, I was like, all right, Lord, if you want me in full-time ministry, 
It's fine, I quit. I give up. You do it. Because yeah. I'm tired, man. Because you know, I'm working, working my tail off, like multiple jobs and stuff. Right. And, and, I, and then trying to write on the side of And then of writing that. on the side, working with the publishing companies and stuff like that. It was just, I was overwhelmed. And, uh, and I gave up on it. And then the next day, I get a call from who I'm working at right now, Pastor Ryan. And um, he had married my wife and I because he pastored the church that my brother and sister-in-law went to because they're neighbors. So I kind of touched base there because I lived in Murrieta, and so I touched base back yeah. near the family church or whatever. So sorry, you're going to say something? I was going to ask if that was Florence Avenue or was that another church? It was the bridge when they were at Tierras Creek School in Rancho oh, Santa Margarita. Okay. Their, their OG days. Yeah, like yeah, early, early. Early days. And uh, he calls me up and um, asks to get lunch. And uh, I'm, I'm like, why is he calling me? You know, because I only talk to him every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. But I love the guy. And um, like, we always got along. And, um, and he goes on to like meet with me and tells me that he said, he said, the Lord told me that I was going to serve with you in ministry like over a year ago. But he said it wasn't time. And I told the council and stuff too. And we all agreed it's just good to wait. And he's all, I just got back from Israel. And the Lord, he's all, I'm in Israel. And all I was thinking about is you. He's all so bizarre, and he's all, but then he's all, yesterday, he's all, the Lord just told me, it's time, he's ready. And that was the day that I yelled at God and said, I, I give up. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Super crazy. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah, it's still like, it still makes me like a little choked up to think yeah, about yeah. it. It's crazy, man. But, uh, and so from there, and I had no, he didn't, he's never seen me lead worship. Like he knew I'd done music and stuff, but he had no experience with my leadership. Have like, you? Did like you Zippo. ever leave Like worship? I could have been the worst decision <laughs> ever. Like the biggest foul. Like yeah. you know, blow up the leadership. Be this totally reckless guy. You know, doesn't know what he's doing. And did he know your music, or that just that you did music? Yeah, he just knew that I did music. Mm. I mean, maybe listened to it or something, but right. you know, he was totally yeah. living in a different yeah. world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. did he? Did you ever, I mean, at that time, did you lead worship anywhere? So I had, I had played with, um, at this one church called Reliance with every once in a while. There's this band called Telecast. Actually really good. Josh White, he's up a church in Portland um, called, oh man, I'm forgetting it's called Dwarf Hope. I'm thinking of Dwarf Faith now because of the yeah. orphanage or whatever. Anyhow, sorry, Josh, but um uh, he's. He, I was just like playing bass for them and stuff like that. Okay. Did a church plant and then I was just playing for them a little bit, and then they did a send off for me like when I got the job at the bridge, and they're like, "Hey man, we just want to give you a chance to lead worship." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, cool." You know, I'm like terrified, but like, yeah, this is the thing I'm going to do, and I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and I get up there and I remember I was like, "I'm all," I like I practice that really well. And there's a song by Leland called um, um, "Beautiful Lord." Oh, yeah, dude, I love that song. And I love the song, you know, like I listen to it all the time. And like, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to be a good worship leader, you know, I'm going to say something meaningful. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just trying to do what, what I watched and learned, you know. It's hard. It's hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, leading songs is easy. It's all like the transitions. It's, it's, the, it's the prayer. Stuff. It's the in-between. Yeah. It's the where are you leading them to. But anyhow, that's, that could be a whole other thing. But um, so I was like, man, hey, I just want to share a song with you. It's so meaningful to me. I, I just... It's really spoken to my heart and minister me in hard times, just know the Lord's there and stuff. So it's my favorite song. I just want you guys to join in. And I'm like, when the storms... And the band's starting up with me. Right 
I'm so sorry. And I had to stop the song. And I stopped the song oh, three no. times because I couldn't remember the words to oh, my, quote, no. favorite Christian oh, song. No. And then oh, no. I started up like the fourth time <laughs> and I still forget. And the congregation, you know, sees the words on the screen and they start singing for me. All around me, he is. The, they yeah. start singing it for me. And I'm like, oh, gosh. my gosh. I wanted to oh. die. You know those moments like you're on oh, stage yeah. and you're like, I want to be anywhere but here. Yeah. I just want to leave. Your face leave. feels hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm totally oh. flushed. Like my neck's <laughs> probably like red, you know. Like, out. Dude, it's so funny, like worship songs, because I, I don't know who I was telling this to you, like, I don't ever have a problem memorizing a song unless it's a worship song. For some reason, I don't know it's because I'm used to like maybe the music sheets being in front of me, like or whatever. Like I I just have a really like hard time memorizing. But if it's like a song that I mean, I was listening to uh MXPX in the car with Danielle the other day and I was trying to show her like some of the bands I grew up listening to and I probably hadn't heard one of the songs in maybe eight years, and I memorized the whole song, and, like, la, la, yeah. and I sang the whole song through. And she was like, whoa, that was so cool. You knew the song. I was like, yeah, I haven't heard that song in like eight years. And then uh, she put on um, oh, Unstoppable God because she wanted to hear song it. you led two and, weeks ago. Yeah, I literally yeah. led it two weeks uh. in our main congregation. And I got through maybe the first line, and then the second line I was like, "Uh, I could not get it. I just I couldn't get it." And like you know, and even today when we were setting up and I was singing the uh, the bridge, I was like, "Well, I actually know the bridge. Like I know the bridge, <laughs> but I don't so know anything. I don't know anything else about that song. But I was proud that I knew the bridge. You knew the bridge. Good yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I've always found worship songs hard, but it's weird because it seems ironic. I know, but but at the same time, <laughs> like not in a personal way. Like I'm not I'm not saying about because because I, I kind of I kind of feel what you're saying, but it seems like they should be the easiest songs to pick up, right? Yeah, I, I at least in my head it seems that because because they're, they're written for people to actually sing <laughs> to, along. to pick them yeah. up and yeah. sing along. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny too because there's some songs that I just I love and I think I know them, and then I go and try to practice. And you guys would know this too. Like Thursday nights, I'll be like, hey guys. I want to do the song, and I probably listen to the song fifty times in a row. I I know that I know that I have it, and then I get to rehearsal, and I don't know it. And I'm like, uh, okay, maybe not. And then there's been times where I like completely scratched. Actually, there's a lot of times where I'm like, there's a lot of times we're not doing this song because like I I just couldn't get it yeah. and stuff. And see, that's the moment like. Tyler, you'd say, "Yeah, you know, I'm really disappointed." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then but I'm I, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you made me feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing too, it's like, you know, I look at myself and I'm like, okay, sorry. like I can. But there's been a couple times too where I can't get the song, and I'll look over at Tyler and be like. Hey, I have you leading this song. Even though originally in my mind, I was leading yeah. it and I couldn't get it. I was like, hey, Tyler, I got you leading this yeah. song. The, the, the next time I hear you say, hey, Tyler, you, you good to lead this song? I'm going to know. Yeah, that'll be gonna know. you. And for... I'm going to call you out on it, too. You're going to yeah. know I, I didn't get it and I couldn't get it. And so, Tyler, can you lead this song? And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. But it's funny. Once Tyler does it, and he does it a couple times, and you're like, "Oh, I yeah, catch that's on." How it goes. No, yeah, I do. I do. I'll yeah. catch on, and yeah. everything, and I'll be fine. You'll start singing it with me. Then yeah. The next time we do it, you'll be like, "I got this." Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of like my. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned from him. So. I think the funny thing with worship music in general, with trying to memorize the songs, I, it's funny because 
I think like musically, I don't think it's very hard to memorize them because so many of them have the same exact chord progression. Same right? chords, and they're not like like we were talking about this recently. Like most worship songs aren't like rhythmically intricate or like, exactly. There's not like patterns that you have to. I mean, a little bit in the drum and bass, but sure. even, even some of the drum and bass, a lot of it's you can pretty straightforward, too. and you can simplify. Oh, yeah. um, right. Some worship music. Well, you, and yeah, you just, some. the more you sing them, the more you start to pick up on those cues. But I think lyrically, though, that's harder. It's that that's where I get stumped too when I'm trying to memorize a song. It's always the lyrics, you know. And so, like, well, especially with hymns, I, our church does a lot of hymns, right? And we try to revamp them and make them cool and. Those are the hardest to memorize because the melody is exactly the same, but there's, there's so many so different, many different words. words. Well, it's funny too, yeah. and like, it's like which of the seventeen yeah. verses are you doing, or yeah. even so more you mix in match some them, songs. Yeah. And it's like I don't know. Like, but if you really think about it, that's not even how we speak today. Like yeah, a lot of those hymns, we don't even speak that way. Like, Thy, or, right? Now, like, we don't say that. And so, like, you kind of hear some songs now, and like for instance, uh, "Grace Alone" by uh, Modern Post, Dustin Cantor, like. To me, that's a hymn of modern time, you yeah. know, like because there's the chorus is never the same. It's like every verse is different, and it it you could tell it's written hymnish, but in our language a little bit and stuff. So, I mean, I would even say Grace Alone. Or I just said Grace Alone, but uh, Rejoice, I would say has like a hymn mm-hmm. feel to it a little bit. Well, yeah, that whole I think that whole album kind of the he's verses going really for do. That. Yeah, yeah, the verses sure. Which we're doing Rejoice this Sunday. Very yeah, nice. yes, we are. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I read your little notes and like you want to do like a chant, a gang vocal thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was pretty stoked about that. Um, I like to mess up songs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing a nothing but the blood, and we're gonna. It's gonna be super rocked out. That's awesome. I'm excited. And Taylor has to come up with a cool lead. We're gonna have to talk about it. Nice. Yeah. You said that you have a lead. You want me to play? Yeah, that's what I read. <laughs> or no, 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 no. In the in the notes, it actually says, uh, "Taylor, we're going to talk about a lead." I know, but then I texted him separately, and oh. I said, "I take it you have a lead that you want me to play." Oh, and he I, said, I, "Yeah, yeah, I have an idea. I have oh, okay. an idea." Yeah. Okay, so you get the call from Ryan. You go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get back. Let's get to back that. to yeah. You get the call from Ryan. It's you, only been an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, you have your send off when it's the first time you kind of led worship. Yeah, you messed up your favorite song. Yeah. three times, and then the congregation had to help you. Um, and now you're at the bridge. Yeah, and you're still at the bridge. Still at the bridge. It's been almost ten years. Wow. No. And uh, it's crazy time flies. Just like tell us your experience at the bridge, because I think for me, I know for uh, Taylor, both of us coming from the outside, like we didn't grow up in this area, yeah, and we came to the church, and I think we both, and even Griffin would agree to this, we've all felt completely just loved and accepted, uh, and like there's just something about our church that like. I, I can't even say in words just how open and loved you feel when you walk in, you know. And I think mm-hmm. even Tyler has felt that with a little bit of what he what he he does with us because Tyler's a worship leader at at another church, a Lutheran church, but he plays with us Thursday night and is around. And I don't know. Would you agree that you you felt that way? At least what we've talked about a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, even when I got to play and lead with you guys a few weeks ago on Sunday morning. Which was um, epic. Thanks. Well done, dude. <laughs> dude, tons thanks. of good comments. That was Thank rad. You. Yeah. 
I, I was just very, uh, very overwhelmed with just welcoming from your guys' church and just really blessed to be there that morning. From and you know, it's just it's cool because you know every other Sunday I'm leading at my church and it's a cool a cool switch to be able to kind of be a guest somewhere else. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that was really really neat and I felt very very welcomed. So that was cool. Yeah, and, and so, so like we right. we've yeah. all awesome. all of us because once again none of us started going from the bridge in the beginning. We've all moved in this area. Like I mean, the three of us we. Orange County is a, a whole new beast for us. And, <laughs> and it's funny that, like, you know, when we all end up at the bridge, and it's, I have never felt more welcome and more loved by a church than I have by the bridge. That's right. And I've been at some awesome churches. Like, I mean, it's no diss to other churches. Like, I've been at some awesome churches, but there's just something unique about it. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the leadership of Ryan, who's just yep. awesome. But I think also, too, just like your leadership and other people's leadership, it's just, it's just so heartfelt. And so tell, tell us a little bit about just the bridge, like what you do. And I mean, I guess we've kind of said it, but. Yeah. I've, well, before Taylor was here, I, yes. I, I was, I was uh, actually before Taylor and even Kevin, now that I think about it, I was. Yeah, because before worship, the merger. You before were, the merge, yeah we, yeah. we were two churches, you know, uh, you know, Mission Hills Community Church. And we, the two churches merged. Before that, I was doing the worship pastoring and the tech, and most of the graphic arts. And then, praise the Lord, Taylor came on in. He's doing a lot of the, um, a lot of the technical stuff. And then kind of merging with the staffs and stuff, uh, Pastor Kevin, he does a lot of the graphic arts, and he's killing it. So um, there's a lot more freedom to sort of do things in that musical vein, to start putting programs together yeah. for like, that's kind of what I do now, more like even Pastor Ryan, he said, like I remember I made a list of, he said, what are the five things you want to do well or whatever, you know, and, or, or th- that you think you need to be doing? And I put a, you know, order of priority. <clears throat> and I think I put like the Sunday morning experience first because that just seemed natural, you know, if all else fails, that's, that has to happen. You know, you have yeah. to have a great, you know, worship experience and have your team ready and all that stuff. And, and he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I want you to make investing in leadership and those around you number one before this. If that means a Sunday has to be not quite as ah as it could be because you're spending time with people and trying to do things to help, to help disciple people, then that's okay with me. And I was like, well, that was good for me. Like role clarifying yeah. is very important because a lot of times, like I don't even I don't know if this is like this everywhere, but at least for me in ministry, there's a lot of times you kind of feel like you don't really have anyone to compare to necessarily. So you kind of sort of wonder, am I? am I doing a good job? You know, right. like you don't know because yeah. you don't know what to say. Like, oh, well, I see what they're doing, so I must be doing good or whatever. And even that spirit is kind of wrong in ministry <laughs> right. anyhow. Not, so yeah, you just yeah, sort yeah. of swim until until someone kind of clarifies your roles, yeah. you know, and, and or, or has a meeting with you and says, hey, I love what you're doing here. I love this. Hey, you can improve on this. And it's like, oh, thank you, you know. So it was really nice for me. It's liberating because now I can spend more time with like the next, like our youth department's, um, investing in worship leaders, we're doing like curriculum and stuff yeah. like that, like digging deeper into what it is to be a worship pastor and, or just worship leader. So it's yeah. rad. And I think it's cool too. Um, I would say, like where we're at, where we are at a church right now, like where we're at and stuff is really cool and unique because uh, we're coming off of the marriage where the two churches came together. And I, I always laugh about this because I was not a part of that. These guys weren't a part of that. We came after, you know. Um, so we don't really know a lot of, like, 
I know a little bit of how the bridge was before because of my relationship with Barry Mulock, and then I went to Kenya with the bridge uh, before I even attended the bridge. Yeah. And so I got to know uh, some people there. But uh, we're now the three of us, you know, we, we've come in after the merge, and we're like, I feel like we're at a cool spot now where like everyone knows each other. Everyone's like, okay, we're family, we're moving forward. And yeah. we're in a really cool spot where, like, I really see, like, a lot of just awesome things happening, you know. Um, but I think what excites me the most about where we're headed in church is our worship. You know, like, I lo- like, man, we we should actually really try to get Annie on this podcast one night. <laughs> uh, but Annie Guzman, who's 14 years old. She's ridiculous. Yeah. She's so- she's ridiculous yeah. worship leader. and She's awesome. Awesome. And, uh we see her leading now in the yeah. main and uh and you and we just we have a lot of cool things happening so i'm excited for that i'm also but i'm really excited for you know uh a lot of the production side of like the recordings and like yeah it's cool like you have your creative nights on thursdays and uh you know sometimes like we're in there cuz we have young adults i'll sneak over to go get something and i'll hear you recording or laying down a track and I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's working on or, <laughs> you know, I kind of just want to hang out there but then I'm like, oh, I better be the good leader and go back to what, <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit like like the things you're excited about right now when it comes to like worship and the bridge and what you're looking forward to? Yeah, quick shout out too. I, the, the latest thing that I released was with some friends called Nightlife Worship. Yeah. And that was, it's kind of it's kind of got a congregational feel but it's sort of edgy with that pop punk a little a lot of a lot of dripping synth stuff in there too. I'm really bending towards a lot of that synth highlighting stuff. But yeah, I think I I think we were talking one day and I described it as a as a, a pop punk artist writing a synth record. Yeah, because <laughs> like yeah. the songs the songs yeah. sound like they were written with like a pop punk edge to them. Like like someone who made pop punk wrote the songs, but they're but with a lot of synths. Yeah, all over it. The so. power of the home studio. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I'm in a weird spot right now with that. Um, like I'm doing some stuff with. There's this guy named Luis Barrios at the church. Who's? Yep. I'm actually pastoring his wedding coming up soon. To be awesome, dude. I'm gonna wedding I've, of the millennium. I'm dude, so excited. Congratulations! I'm so excited for this wedding. I'm so excited. Did I tell you I'm hosting it, the reception? No. Yeah, they oh, asked dude, me to that's host perfect, it. Yeah, dude. Dude. That's right. That's yeah, right I'm pretty on. stoked about it. Did I tell you I'm sneaking in? <laughs> you weren't real. invited? This is real. I'm sneaking in. So they, 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 A lot of people weren't invited. But um, he asked me a while ago to provide the, the sound system to it. So we were. he works at, at, at Celine's Starbucks. And we were there uh, one day, and we were talking to him. And I was like, I was like, uh, I don't. Were, were, did you ask if I was going or? Yeah, I, no, I. Yeah, I had asked because you're. Bring, I said, "Oh, are you bringing the gear?" Yeah. Oh yeah, because I was talking to Celine. I was like, "Hey, just you know, can you just send me the the venue information and stuff?" And he's like, "Oh, are, are you going?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm gonna have to babysit the gear, so I'll, I'll just have to be there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because Luis is there, like, "We'll we'll hook you up with some." Yeah, he's, he's like, "No, I mean, definitely." Yeah. <laughs> and like. He's super friendly about it, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to sneak into this wedding one way or the other. This is a wedding to sneak into. Yeah. I'm yeah, super I'm pumped excited. for this. Yeah. I'm just uh, excited for them because they're both so awesome. Yeah. 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 
But yeah, you are you're working with Luis. So we're working with his stuff. His stuff's amazing. Oh, dude, when you showed us some of those things, like it was rad. Yeah, super eighties. Yeah, but like old school eighties. Yeah, right now I'm just um, I'm just working on reimagining like like songs from the eighties and nineties. Like Taylor and I work on some stuff and and um, like talk about stuff and kind of have a vision to instead of doing the hymns and making them like updated, actually take some of those songs from like. Maybe like late seventies, eighties, nineties, and redo. Yeah, nice. Should be really rad, sort of, because our congregation will help sort of bridge the gap between, you know, some of the different age groups, so we can all come together and sing songs, but yeah, reproduce yeah. them and make them super, like, cool, yeah, fun. Yeah, and then um, I just been working on a little bit of solo stuff. I'm in a weird spot because there's a lot of different directions I want to go, but I feel like the Lord's got me in a waiting spot, and so He told me to. He said, "I want you to love waiting as much as you love doing." And that just has been messing me up for the last like three months. Mm. And um, so what's kind of cool is I'm just enjoying just writing. And like I've been writing some stuff recently that kind of sounds like my old home. Like what would I just write if I'm just fully untethered? Like I just kind of write what I want to write and not so much worry about maybe congregational style or just like be edgy and stops and hits and production and weird note, just all that stuff. And it's I'm kind of stoked on it, so... I don't know what's gonna happen with it, but but it's coming out sometime. Nice. So yeah, yeah. We've been hearing uh, the the progress on on one of the songs you're working on. It's it's super awesome. And there's that like weird. There's a little bit of a weird. Uh, it's like an odd. It's not in. It's not an odd meter, but there's. It's like a five bar phrase that repeats on itself, kind of. So it's definitely it's like. But it feels natural at the same time, so it's like it's a little bit quirky, but but still flows yeah. and, and works. Thanks, man. So it's really cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. Like, I, I mean, just like the stuff that I like, I, I get to hear like little snippets and stuff. I'm like, oh, dude, I just I cannot wait. Like, I I, I just I, I'm really excited to like ten years from now look back and be like, oh yeah, like I was there. I got to saw that and. Like got to hang with Adam during that time. And Did I drop a tune on to whom it may concern? Yeah, yes. one. yeah, Sweet. yeah. That's what that'd we be, wanted to hear. Awesome. <laughs> really cool. That's what we wanted to hear. But uh, I, I think we're just excited, and so I know, Thanks, like, man. just to even be a part of whatever we were able to be a part of, like, we're stoked for and stuff. So. Oh yeah, man, we're in it together. Yeah, it's gonna be rad. Good times. Thanks, guys. Um, cool. And now I know. <laughs> Griffin's, Griffin's, Griffin's giving me the look like really Celine, really. Griffin, how many times we gotta talk about this? Go ahead, you can pick up your mic. Pick up your mic. We are so far over time. How many times <laughs> I just listened to a podcast the other day that was six hours long. And that's gross. Who wants to listen to <laughs> you six did hours what? Uh, it doesn't happen. Yeah, six hours. Why? It was a history podcast, but it was really good. You never I'll have to show you this podcast. It will six change. hours? It will change you your like life. You broke it up, right? No. You listened for six hours. No, too. actually, I had to break it up. It took me two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two weeks. It took me right. two we weeks to listen to. I don't have time to sit down and do anything That's what for I was six saying. hours. I was like, exactly. there's no way. Yeah. It took me two weeks. But all right, Griffin, I will. You gave me that look. We'll go to a break. You're listening to Whom We May Concern. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome 
back to whom it may concern. Uh, that was just uh, such an awesome conversation, such an awesome uh, story. Some of the things that you shared with us, Adam. So I uh, really appreciate uh, just kind of your honesty and forthrightness and detail with some of the history and everything. It was just really cool to to get to hear some parts of that story that that even I mean, Celine, I don't know about you, but I, like I hadn't heard some of that stuff. Yeah, before. for sure. There's so definitely really some cool. things where I was like, "Whoa, I didn't know that." So it's cool to hear that, and especially being a homegrown fan. I'm like, "Whoa, that's it's cool to you hear get some the, of the inner like workings." That. Yeah, but also I think it's cool just like a lot of the stuff that you said afterwards, and I'm just like, like you know, like I think I think everyone can relate when something when you feel like you got to give something up, it's always difficult. Yeah, and then once you do it and you kind of walk in that. It's encouraging to hear from somebody who who did that, and they're like, "Oh, well, they're still, they're not dead. They're still alive. <laughs> like, they're still alive. <laughs> they're still going for it. They're still striving." So <laughs> it's encouraging to hear. That's yeah, fun, yeah, for sure. So, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the next thing we're gonna ask from you, though, we're not done with you. The next thing we're gonna ask you for, though, is you've got some uh, recommendations for us. A couple. Uh, bands or artists that that you think we need to be checking out? I have some artists that I think that were meaningful to me throughout my life. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. So that's, I would. That's even better. There are so many bands that I would that I would want to rattle off. Some I think that need to get more attention. But um, these aren't necessarily Christian albums, although I find myself listening to a lot of Christian music now. Um, but uh, Depeche Mode. I said it earlier. Is there a part- particular Depeche Mode album or just their catalog? Um, Some Great Reward or yeah. Violator, I think, was amazing. Um, I got a copy of, uh, I found a copy of Violator, I should say. And you've got like a bunch of stuff Probably in Probably mine, my CD in storage. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've got like hundreds of CDs up in storage. Which I'm not supposed to have my stuff in storage there, so just keep that quiet. Um, <laughs> it was it was a storage unit I found. Remember, I'm your boss. Yeah, I found I mean, it. Somewhere. I mean, sorry, I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't say where it was in storage. True, true. <laughs> yeah, Depeche Mode. I I think it's such brilliant, brilliant songwriting. Um, you can still listen to it now and go, gosh, these sounds are still so. Like cutting edge, yeah, and like the really space cool and, the re- and then the re- the recording. Like now, my like in all these later years of life, I'm like massively getting into mixing and plugins and you know software and just like getting really heady into that because I I, I want to become a you know great you know mixing engineer and um just the way that record those those have been done is just brilliant. So and great songwriting. The other one is um, a band called Mew M E W, and um. Mm. Really powerful Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> More powerful than Mewtwo, right? Yeah. Wow. Number 151. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to add on that. Sure. <laughs> you got to use that glitch to get it in the uh, the original games, oh, though. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I did it on my last, my last one. Dang. Interesting. Yeah. So, Anyways, go ahead. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, so Mew is a van that I saw, um, I think it was... 2000, around 2005 or something like that. Um, the album that I heard was, it's called Fringers, F-R-E-N-G-E-R-S. When I went to that concert, so the music, they're from, uh, they're like a Danish band, really well known over there. 
the sound is like atmos- super atmospheric, aggressive. The singer has a super high tenor voice. So like almost sounds, a lot of it's falsetto, falsetto-y. Oh, yeah. But not, and even when he doesn't sing falsetto, it's still really it's high. Not like that range where it's like, are you singing in falsetto? Or yeah, not? are you not? <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, but uh, I saw them live at uh, the Troubadour in LA, and I'd never, I'd never seen where artists can use like back at that time how you can use video to sync up with your music and stuff. Oh, like I, I didn't start in with some. Yeah, of that. you know, everyone's like Ableton. Yeah, I mean, and everyone tracks, does. It everyone now. does it now, but back yeah. then I wasn't really kind of aware and like yeah. I remember like when All American Rejects had they, they're the first band I kind of saw we were toured with them and they played to tracks and I never even that was totally new yeah and I'm hearing all these synth sounds and stuff and I'm like and you're looking my, around like no one's I'm playing like, that I'm like what and my first like purist response like now I'm like against you, you it know, yeah I'm like this is garbage. A bunch of cheaters on stage. Look at they're yeah. not even playing that. Like, <laughs> no. like I was totally, I was, like I totally had that like bitter like yeah. you know like I, I definitely so wrestled. Lame. I wrestled with that for a little bit. Did you? It got worse. I saw bands that straight like, like I saw a band that like straight not playing anything. Like the guitars that they were playing were <laughs> no, fake, and level. everything was was tracked. Like the only thing live were like drums and vocals. Yeah. And like that's like yeah, over the top, but yeah, yeah, it's not good. Um, but I mean, we kind of talked about it, even with with Depeche Mode and, and stuff, and like they were running tracks before before anybody. It before I know you, that's something I learned later in life. Yeah, <laughs> like, reel to reel, like yeah, with the back of reel to reel running tracks. I mean, they're doing tracks before even yeah. That's that's just mind blowing. But yeah, tra- Mew is amazing. The record, the songwriting is is out of this world. It's Crazy odd meter timing, weird riffs, weird chords, but it's all super musical and ear candy. And there's really nothing like it. Mm. I can't really well. say that I listen to another record and go, oh, it sounds like Mew. It's just they're on their own sort mm. of playing field for me. And uh, the last one, oh, I guess the last one is a Christian record. It's really kind of obscure, but it's this artist called Steve Bell. He's a Canadian guy in... Um, uh, I saw him play in a backyard uh, at the Leith's house. Shout out to Leith's. And um, we also invited him to play at the bridge for Sunday morning. He basically did storytelling and worship. And that's what he does is like storytelling and worship. That sounds awesome. Dude, so he's like super into liturgy and stories and church history. And he weaves that into his songwriting. So when you see him perform, it's all like kind of telling stories. And then he sings. And the guy sings like 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 three auto-tuners on his vocal because it's so perfect. And then his guitar playing, like uh, Gibson, you know, Gibson Guitar says he's probably one of the best acoustic guitar players in the world that he's ever heard. So that's kind of the level he's at, wow. but yet he's not really that known. Yeah. Mm. and Crazy. Yeah, crazy. But he's the record I listen to, and I'm just like, maybe I'm a little burnout on ministry. You know, you have those moments, you're yeah. just like, man, I'm tired, like, Feeling overwhelmed, I'm making a different. You just, you know, you get in funk sometimes, and um, and I just throw on the Steve Bell, like the album Burning Embers. It's totally like I don't even say it's, I don't want to say folk rock because that or folk because that kind of has like a cool connotation. Like you think of the new folk sound, right? Yeah. His is like he's just him, and it sounds like that, and he's got like the the brass and all that stuff in it. But anyhow, it just makes me cry. So if you ever see me cry in my office. Steve Bell is probably on, and he's legit. So those three records. 
I could go through too many bands of all the stuff that influenced me, though. Yeah. Like for all the younger, younger cats out there who need to go back and listen, you got to get back to. Um, and the pastor Adam says, "I don't necessarily endorse these because I don't want you <laughs> listening to things that you know I, I, that are unhealthy." Okay, so I'm saying just for musical cues and things like that. I, I need to say that because I have to be responsible yeah. with yeah. with this platform, obviously. But old bands like you know Lagwagon and you know and Propagandi and and um, old band like local band called Donuts and Glory. Wow. I mean, there's some old like rad great musical punk albums and stuff like that from the past obviously operation ivu is iconic yeah, yeah. for this for the you know ska punk mm-hmm. type stuff but it's a lot of great bands back in the day um, that people get their hands on so yeah i mean you're you're always pointing me in the directions of of some things that i hadn't heard before is just like like oh man if you listen to like this kind of music you have to listen to to this album like and stuff and so it's it's always great to to hear some of those things and yeah and some of those bands like uh it was funny even just like the kind of disclaimer you just gave I remember one of the one of the first times we ever played together and you're like oh yeah like have you ever heard of this band No Knife I feel like you would really love this band and then you I think you were showing me like uh, there might be some cursing in this song just <laughs> just fair warning <laughs> so old man huh there might be some cursing yeah. <laughs> and I was like. All right. I'm a dad. I got three kids. You know, thanks, I, I wanna... thanks for the warning. Yeah. And we like hardly knew each other at that point yeah. too. So I was like, "All right, <laughs> cool." Um, but yeah, no, it's always it's always great to to hear those things. And I I I know that you could go on forever talking about yeah. There's this, there's about too bands many bands, like that, yeah, for sure. But but yeah, that's it's awesome just to hear even some like what you would choose if given three things to choose. It's yeah. it's, it's very telling. So that's. Um, that's awesome. So thank you for that. Thank you again for just even being here and uh, and sharing. Uh, Celine Tyler, do you guys have anything else that you want to add or, or say? Yeah, thanks, Adam. It was really cool just hearing your story because, I mean, we I, it's been cool being able to play with you a couple times, but we haven't really had much discussion other than that. So yeah. it's really new for me just hearing all that. So it was really a, kind of a, a cool thing to hear. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very fond of you at a distance. It's really funny. Like, <laughs> I feel like I should have more time with you or I, I don't know what yeah. it is, but I'm like, man, I like this guy a lot. Like, dude, he's got such a good heart. Like, yeah, you just, man. you know, it just comes through your countenance or whatever. But like, Thank you just, you. you're just a really, you know, you're a great leader. So I'm stoked that, you know, you even get to lead a little bit the bridge and stuff like that. So, man, that door's so wide open for, the church already wants you back, by the way, you guys, to, to <laughs> the young young adults to come back and hit out of the park, man. That was awesome. awesome. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like, I guess uh, thank you, you know, for coming on and we love you. And now that you've said it, that you're going to be, you want to do a song. Hold, <laughs> I'll drop a song early. Yeah. 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 I'll drop, yeah. I'll drop something. I'll drop something. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we got that recorded <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be published. So, so he has to do it. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening this evening. Definitely check us out online at to whom it may concern media.com, on social media at to whom it may concern media. And if you have anything that you want to say to us, feel free to shoot us an email at to whom it may concern media at gmail.com. And I'm interrupting your, your ending because oh you forgot to say something. <laughs> Always. Actually, I don't even know if we've told you this. No, I had. I did tell you this, but you, you're forgetting. 
If you listen to this podcast, we need a favor from you. And it's a really simple favor. Go ahead and rate us on iTunes. Uh, I like that. Yeah, we've realized yeah, that we've never not? asked that. Yeah. And we've never done it. Leave a review. Yeah, leave a review. Rate us. Let us know how we're doing. Click those stars. You know? Only positively. But only positive. Because if you don't do <laughs> it positive stars. and it's negative, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. There's not that many of you. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll know who you are. And. <laughs> gonna end up being like lauren or something <laughs> i can just see you guys now like sitting at that review page on itunes like refreshing the <laughs> yeah. page like constantly yeah. waiting for the thing what are you doing it's gonna be like we're gonna get a review from probably danielle and her review would be like i don't like this podcast because now i can't hang out with celine on monday nights and then from lauren it'll probably, probably be, like, be the same thing for me same, yeah. <laughs> tyler mm, probably not the same thing Nah. What, you think Leah doesn't like hanging out with him on Monday nights? She really does. But then it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But she she's she's listening to the to our yeah, podcast. You know, good. You know, actually, you know, yeah. I was shout out to Summer because the uh, the oh, other yeah, day she called us out on something. The other day we were all talking, hanging out, and she said something and she was like, Yeah, like it totally came from the podcast. And I looked at her and I was like, that was from our podcast. You listen to our podcast? I was like, I listen to every single one. So I was yeah, like, I I, that, that, that actually funny. really surprised me. Yeah, that's That Summer awesome. uh, listens no to way. our podcast. So shout out to Summer. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, to, congratulations. To Joe, who was on here a couple <laughs> yeah. episodes ago. And yeah. Summer. Anyone yeah. who listened to our podcast, Joe, the guy who was on here for our hip hop episode, he got engaged this last weekend. So, yeah, or a couple exciting. weekends ago. And so Joe. we're pretty stoked about it for him. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's, I mean, you can finish your ending now. You're doing so good, but you forgot about the reviews. Well, maybe if you'd put it in the outline, I would have remembered <laughs> I think I did, did I? No. No? Oh, my bad. I don't see it. I well, we talked about on. it. We talked about Anyways, it. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to Height tonight. Now I can't even, Tyler, just do it. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to To Whom It May Concern Media tonight. We really appreciate you listening and uh, just giving us your time. So have a great night. You sounded like a principal. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.